0: Service. What is up, listeners? Thanks for tuning back into the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. It is week 24, episode 24. Thanks for joining us. My guest today is Alan Hamm. He is a Raleigh, North Carolina-based chaplain and also the community support line coordinator for SWAP. It stands for the Sex Workers Outreach Project. It was originally they were originally founded in Australia. But the uh, Swap USA was founded in 2003 in San Francisco. And they are the country's largest sex work advocacy group. They fight for decriminalization. They focus on ending violence and stigma, reducing harm, improving health care, and upholding human rights for sex workers. They have a toll-free number. It is 877-776-2004. That is the Swap Community Support Line. Uh, the phone lines are open 24 hours a day uh, for sex workers. They have sex workers as well as volunteers that answer those phones, and they're able to help you with any problems uh, you may have that you may face on a daily basis. So Alan, he's actually in charge of that uh, community support line. So I sit down with him. It was kind of cool. Uh <laughs> I, uh, I've interviewed a lot of different people on the podcast and a lot of different environments. I've been in like literally my room. I've been in hotels. I've been in people's apartments. I've been in houses. Uh, I met I met Alan at the like North Raleigh Public Library, and uh, so you can kind of hear the like the sound is a little different than the uh, other interviews I've done. But uh, it was a lot of fun. We talked about why he was drawn to help sex workers has experienced volunteering and working with swap what the help that swap is able to provide sex workers through the community support line how to start a swap chapter in your city the push for uh, decriminalization as well as the data and violence against sex workers so uh we talk about a lot of different things i'm, I'm excited for y'all to hear it uh you can follow alan on Twitter at the Sex Chaplain, you can also follow Swap at Swap USA, and Swap's website is SwapUSA.org. You can follow the podcast Ooh Boy Full Service Pod on Instagram and Twitter. My personal Instagram and Twitter is Tank Funkadelic. Our uh, our email address Full Service Pod at Gmail.com. If you want to be on the podcast, if you want to hear anything on the podcast, shoot us an email. Let us know what's up. We can make it happen. I appreciate you being here, though. I'm excited. This is week 24. We fucking made it. Oh yeah. Shout out also, Alan. Happy birthday, dude. Uh, it's his birthday. Hey, happy birthday. Uh, but no, uh, I'm excited for y'all to hear this episode. Relax. Don't tailgate somebody, you know? We gotta... <laughs> but no, this is my interview with Alan Ham. I hope y'all enjoy it. Thanks. What is up, listeners? It is Tank Smith. I'm back. I'm excited I'm excited for this episode today. My guest, Alan Ham, he is the community support line coordinator for Swap. Alan, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Tank. Um uh, yeah. I'm really glad that there's a podcast that is kind of extolling uh sex workers instead of denigrating them because you see a lot of people being negative about sex work and sex workers uh when uh it's just people trying to make a living
0: yeah it's 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 crazy so you're you're uh so you're with swap which is what is i know it's like an acronym what does swap stand for
1: it stands for the sex workers outreach project and it was uh, something formed um to assist sex workers it's a grassroots organization that was founded by sex workers for sex workers um they host everything from uh, meetings about decriminalization to uh, lobbying for decriminalization to having different chapters around the nation so that people can connect with each other, uh, both to relieve the kind of solitude of sex work as well as to bond together and uh, let each other know about things like dangerous clients or uh, places where you want to do these things or don't want to do those things because of the uh, severity of the law in different areas.
0: Okay, nice. What is your, like, what is your kind of role, the community support line coordinator? What is, what do you kind of, what do you kind of do?
1: So one of the things that SWAP runs is a community support line. Um, and it's basically a line where sex workers can call in and just talk about what's going on to non-judgmental people, uh, many of whom are sex workers or who have been sex workers uh, because it can be very isolating as a sex worker, especially if you're in an area that's not a larger city. Um, so SWAP has a community support line where people can call and get either practical kind of what do I do in this situation or just emotional support, venting and uh, talking about uh, difficult times. Uh, I started volunteering on it because I had previously uh, been the crisis line coordinator for a local domestic violence and sexual assault center. Okay. And uh, when I left there, I really got interested in how many people just denigrated uh, sex workers and did not treat them fairly Uh, is a population that people just laugh at or... Uh, blame or just basically shit on.
0: I think it's really just, it's just a lack of understanding. It's incredible. Exactly. So as people just take, okay, I've seen this in a movie or I've seen this mm -hmm. on the, in the news report. And okay, that's what it is. I don't really need to look into it any more than I see a headline. I I understand what that is, what they're doing. You know, I don't, there's no more looking into, Oh, there's more to that than what it is. It's, It's incredible.
1: It is. So, uh, after I volunteered for a bit, uh, they decided to hire me part time. So that's what I do now: is I uh, manage the phone lines, manage our volunteers, and try to make sure that it's covered twenty four seven. So that when somebody calls, they get uh, a person instead of a recording. Although if they do get a recording, we try to check those as well.
0: Yeah, does it is it main is is SWAP mainly volunteer based? Is there a lot of is...
1: It is mainly volunteer-based. Uh, there are some paid positions, um, but most of most of SWAP is volunteer, especially because SWAP really depends on the chapters. There are many chapters across the uh, United States, and you can look on our website, swap-usa.org, and you'll see the different chapters. And new chapters are forming all the time as well, so it's those kind of grassroots communities that are really the backbone. There is a larger Swap USA that's a national level that, like I said, tries to work on decriminalizing sex work, et cetera. But um, that's kind of the tip of the iceberg. The main uh, the main part of our organization are the chapters.
0: That makes sense. Because it feels mm-hmm. like <clears throat> it really varies city to city on how things kind of work in terms of sex work, I feel like.
1: It does. And some places are notorious for crackdowns on sex work and some places are a little more lax about it. There are some mayors and uh, government officials who've said, all right, we're not going to really be arresting people for escorting, for instance. Uh, And then there are some where they will crack down on the slightest thing and hold stings every other month. Yeah,
0: there was a sting I saw in Durham. Mm -hmm. On, like, last Friday. Yep.
1: It is one of the things that we really don't like because already uh, these people... And I say people, you know, we do have uh, women and men uh, who do sex work. Uh, Now, mostly women, but we do have uh, a population of men who do sex work, both uh, within a straight context or a gay context. But uh, either way... uh, When someone gets arrested for doing that, then that affects their lives down the road. Then it's almost like they can't do anything but sex work because uh, they have a record and it's tough for them to apply for a regular job because pretty much most jobs nowadays, even working at Target or Walmart, have a background check.
0: Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it would affect you and your employment opportunities for the rest of forever. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like most of the people that reach out are women to SWAT?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say, at least on the support line, it's probably 92% women, 8% men in terms of the sex workers who call. Um, But again, one of our challenges and what we're trying to do is to get our number out there. I've talked with many people who are like, I didn't even know you existed. I'm so glad that I looked on the web or a friend told me about uh, or I saw something on Twitter.
0: How does... So say how does how do the chapters how do you be, how do you kind of like start a chapter of swap in your in your city like if you wanted to do that
1: Sure uh well first usually sex workers need to come together it's usually not just one person yeah. starting a chapter and then there's an application process with swap it's it's not uh terribly difficult it's just uh they want some information about uh who you are what you're going to be uh, doing with your chapter, but it's, it's not a, a difficult thing. We really appreciate when people form a chapter, especially in an area where there's a dearth of them. We have several in Florida, but if you go to Idaho, you're not going to really find a swap chapter. Yeah,
0: <laughs> are there people in Idaho, though? So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but no, that definitely, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, it'd be where, it'd be where more people are working. What's sure. that? It, it seems like it'd be it'd be more concentrated or where higher populations are.
1: It can be, but honestly, uh, sex work is everywhere. Uh, you will find them in the smaller cities. You'll find them in the larger ones. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, where the need is, but usually there's always a demand. Yeah. No matter what city you go to, whether big or small, and there's usually someone who... Wants to meet that demand to yeah. make their living, to take care of themselves, their family.
0: So what is – like say somebody calls Swap and they're kind of in a location where there's not a, like a local chapter.
1: It's tricky. It depends on what they want. Now, if they just want to talk and to vent or just to chat about what's been going on with their with their day and with the difficulties they've encountered, that's easy. You can do that online or on the phone but if they need more practical things, then it gets a bit tricky. Uh, we do have a certain amount of uh, money that is donated to us through foundations and through individual donations, but it's not a lot. So there have been times when we're able to to help out, but it's never for a long-term basis. So we usually just try to see if there's uh, support On the internet, a lot of people have done GoFundMe's and things like that if they are uh, in an area where they need bail money or need to uh, uh, pay off pay insurance because they were not uh, well and they ended up having to stop working for a while. Okay. It's again because it's a taboo thing. It's very difficult for many sex workers to just go normally to the hospital or to uh, some of the regular charities uh, for fear that they won't get the same treatment if they find out that they do sex work.
0: I wonder if they'll even be like the threat of being outed.
1: Well, that is a big threat, too. Uh, It's one of the things that we try to work with places like rape crisis centers to say... If somebody comes in and they're a sex worker and were raped by a client, uh, first, please believe them. And second, don't automatically call the police. And yeah. the same for if they come in the emergency room for, for uh, a rape kit, for example. I know in North Carolina, you can do what they call um, – oh, shoot. I forgot what they called it. But it's a rape kit where they don't call the police. They just uh, do the rape kit and then assign a number to it. And then you can decide later if you want that to be processed by the police. Okay. The police will get the uh, will get the kit and secure it, but they won't have a name attached to it. They'll just have a number. Okay. And then so, but it's a problem that a lot of people have, especially uh, after the sesta Fosta Act passed, uh, that it's just made it more difficult for sex workers to report crimes against them. Uh, Because they're afraid they're going to be uh, arrested by the police or outed and then spied on, you know, followed, that sort of thing, uh, by the police looking for them to uh, mess up and get caught escorting or whatever they're doing.
0: I mean, I know people that have been robbed by people and then Mm -hmm. they're not, they're like, I can't go to the police.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that's why we push for decriminalization because we found that that protects sex workers and it also kind of ameliorates the view that people have on sex work. Now there's always going to be people, whether for religious reasons or whatever that are like, Oh, you know, sex work is, is horrible. Everyone's going to hell, that sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, I don't believe that. <laughs> and, I think that just like public opinion changes on a lot of things like say marijuana yeah. uh the legalization of that uh the decriminalization I think is slowly starting to trend to where people especially younger people are starting to see that you know this is something that uh we don't have to be so adamant against yeah. and that we can be against sex abuse uh where like a pimp will abuse uh a sex worker, while maintaining that uh, sex workers on their own have individual rights and integrity.
0: I think it's crazy that it's just so many people are doing it. Mm-hmm. Just so many people are doing it, and yet nobody's talking about it or there's still this taboo thing. Yes, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people are yeah. doing this thing.
1: And you can see on the internet, I mean, pre-internet, obviously it was probably a lot more difficult to yeah. uh, to find sex work unless you really wanted to but with the internet you can see there are so many people involved in it uh it's big business and of course as they said the internet uh was basically built by por- pornography <laughs> because it was those uh companies that really pushed for the technology to allow videos and streaming and those sorts of things but yeah there is a a goodly amount, as everyone knows, that you can find online in either camming websites or uh, sites that collect uh, porns, whether they're older or newer puns, or uh, just places where you can sex with somebody. or yeah. uh, Literally, everything on the internet yep.
0: that has <laughs> everything on the internet has, will be used for sex. Everything will be used for sex eventually.
1: And are dominatrixes. Yeah. I mean,. Uh, Things that I thought, ah, oh, would they be able to do that over the internet? Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, you can do everything. everything you can mm-hmm. do everything over the
0: internet. It's really incredible. <laughs> yeah.
1: What? Uh,
0: when people call in, what? What? What kind of help are you able to provide?
1: So usually people call for uh, a couple reasons. Um, First, we do get uh, calls from non-sex workers. Usually, those are journalists who are looking for a quote for an article, especially when SESTA-FOSTA was passed. We were inundated with uh, reporter calls of journalists, you know, hey, what's SWAP's take? Because we're one of the bigger organizations for sex worker rights. Uh, What's SWAP's take on this? Um, We also get calls from uh, academics who are, you know, researching sex work, who... Want some guidance. Um, other than that, though, it's mostly from sex workers, and it's usually either kind of a a venting support, uh, emotional, spiritual kind of support, or something practical. Uh, probably one of the most common scenarios is either being arrested and wanting to know what the trial will look like, okay. especially if it's their first time. Obviously. Or being stalked or otherwise harassed by a client or former client, okay. uh, because there are some that are abusive, and even though the uh, provider says, "Nope, that's it we're going to we're going to stop this relationship," yeah. uh, the person refuses to do so, and again, because it's not as easy to turn to. Uh, legal restraints like a restraining order or calling the police to uh, for criminal uh, acts instead they just have to deal with it as best as they can now there's a lot of harm reduction and safety planning we can go over with them okay, and there sweet. are several websites that we can direct them to as well that help people to plot out because every situation of course is different yeah um, is this person your former Client and X, well, yeah. that makes it a whole, yeah. whole big different thing. Than, there's levels to everything, yeah. Like yeah. Every,
0: every single call is going to be different, but yet there's yeah. still going to be similarities
1: Definitely. with experiences that people are having.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, so you, how long have you been with Swap?
1: So uh, f- I've been with Swap about three years. Like I said, I started volunteering, and then I was hired on part-time as their uh, support line coordinator. <laughs> I was uh, drawn to it because... I used to, like I said, work as a crisis line coordinator for our local uh, domestic violence and sexual assault uh, center. And before that, I was a chaplain at uh, one of our local hospitals. Okay. And in both cases, I met with women who were being mistreated simply because they were sex workers. They were not believed in terms of rape cases. Uh, people kind of shooed the domestic violence situation. Not the center. Uh, is, that, this, is that
0: common a lot where it's in rape cases where they're like, you're a sex worker, I don't I don't. Yeah, believe.
1: not so much with uh, sexual assault centers. They usually believe. Yeah. But definitely with uh, law enforcement, with even friends and family, uh, if they know that their loved one's a sex worker, they'll still kind of blame the victim. Say, well, you shouldn't be a sex worker. It's almost
0: like you're in a da- you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation, right? So you're you're if you weren't in that situation, that wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened.
1: Exactly, which no one does the same for any other uh, yeah. job that has risks. If you're a soldier and get your leg blown off, no one says, "Well, shouldn't have gone to Afghanistan." Yeah. No, they say, "Wow, we respect your service." If you fall off uh, a a uh, construction job and uh, you know break your hip bone. Again, people are like, "Well, you shouldn't have been doing construction." No, they're like, "Wow, that's so horrible." Yeah. You know, I hope you feel better soon. But if something happens recently, you may have seen the clip. There was a uh, a pole dancer who oh, fell yeah. off the pole from a great height—thirty, 40 feet. Um, uh, one, she's an awesome athlete, <laughs> oh, those are great. and uh, two. After it, there was a division of how people approached it. Many people, especially uh, people who were also sex workers, were so empathetic, sympathetic, and were starting to raise money for her because as independent contractors, a lot of times uh, there's no health care for dancers, but... There were also people on the internet who were just laughing, like "Ha ha! Look at this stripper fall and break her jaw," which yeah. is what happened. She yeah. had to have it wired shut, yeah. uh, and or blame. I saw one person say, "Well, this is God's judgment on you for being a for being a <laughs> stripper," and it's like, really? I don't think that's. Uh, I don't believe in a uh, uh, Christian God. I believe more kind of a divine, the divinity, something yeah. <laughs> more of a Taoist belief. But I don't think that's how it works. I think that she had an accident just like people have accidents every day on their jobs. Yeah. But no one laughs at other people when they get really hurt. Even when it's America's Funniest Home Video. What's the first thing you say? Oh, I hope they aren't hurt. Yeah. And when you find out they aren't, then you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. you got They got a shot in the a shot with a dart in the ass. Okay. <laughs> as long as they weren't hurt. Yeah, as long as they weren't hurt. But yeah, it, it is attitudes like that that's so frustrating that you can't even feel some empathy or even some sympathy for somebody who just broke their jaw but instead you focus on the fact that she was uh, stripping or dancing on a pole or whatever to uh, denigrate that person when they're already feeling horrible enough in I mean, physical pain. Even the fact that she, that was like, she got off
0: easy with a broken jaw, honestly. Well, yeah, fall. it was
1: a huge hike. Because she could have died. Yeah. Like, that's not even... No, uh, a wrong turn of the neck, and, uh, that would have not... been, that would have been it. It's just as easy as, like, when Christopher Reeve fell off his horse. If you fall at a different angle, you're paraplegic. Yeah. And it's, uh... But instead of thinking about that, again, there was a certain amount of people online who were just making fun or condemning her or saying she deserved it and that just is wrong. Even if you
0: see the video in the club, there's Mm -hmm. people that stand up and cheer. Yeah. Like that are right at the stage, like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, what? Yeah. Like, is she okay?
1: Yeah. It was just horrible. Now, I I do think maybe some of them were thinking, oh, this is kind of an act or something, but. I do also think that there were probably some people there who were like, ha ha, you know, <laughs> because again, there's this, there's this whole animosity that even people, even some people who go to sex workers, whether they're uh, dancers, whether they're escorts, et cetera, will still denigrate them, even though they're using their services. Yeah. It's like going to a restaurant and uh, being really, Rude to the waitstaff. The chef is like, well, why'd you come to our restaurant if you're going, if you don't like our chef, if you don't like our waitstaff.
0: But they love the food and they love the audience. They love the atmosphere.
1: It's like people are individuals. They're humans. And uh, you don't mistreat them um, for being who they are. Yeah. Do you think that before you
0: started all of this, like, you know, kind of like Christ, like. Like phone lines kind of stuff mm-hmm. where you're talking to people. Mm-hmm. Did you have a view of sex workers before that? That was A little bit because I you- knew
1: some uh, uh, sex workers uh, who were, you know, going through college as well as uh, working as a sex worker. But even before then, when I was a Christian, I always understood that uh, Jesus kind of had a thing about hanging out with people who other people ostracized yeah. who didn't want to hang out with and he didn't seem to make a big deal of it yes yeah. <laughs> so to me even though uh i'm of a different belief now i still grew up with the thing of you shouldn't judge and the same for any of the uh, people who are ostracized uh i grew up in the era where it was difficult to come out as lgbt yeah. but uh when people started doing it uh it was difficult for them, especially here in the South with a very strict religious Bible Belt mentality. I mean,
0: even in the South now, it's... it's oh, hard. yeah. Even, oh, even yeah. In the no, South now, it's like...
1: It definitely is. So uh, to me, it's part of the inequality that I didn't like, and it all stems from that kind of patriarchy where if men do something, it's okay. If women do something, it's not okay. Uh, you know, I've talked with one... A uh, guy who's a sex worker who uh, does straight porn Yeah. and he has issues that he wants to talk about with his friends, but they yeah. won't listen because they're all like, you're the man. Yeah. You have sex with women for money. Yeah. That's the dream job. I wish I were you. And yeah. he's like, they don't understand it's a job yeah. and the job has stresses and the job has risks and the job has benefits. But whenever I'm around them, they're all just like, oh, yeah, yeah, they brag about me. And he's like, I just want to be seen as something different. Whereas most of the women sex workers that I've talked with um, will say as soon as somebody finds out they're, den- you are a whore. You yeah. are, you know, spreading your legs for money. You are, you know, it's like the same exact thing. One guy is called a stud. And the incredible. other one's called a whore. Yeah. Uh, and again, a guy can have... Uh, a sexual partner count that is so high and people be like, well, he's sowing his wild oats. Or, hey, he's lucky. He's getting all that action. A woman does the same thing and it's, oh my gosh, you know, she is such a whore and she's going to be so stretched out, no man will want it, which is not how, of course, vaginas work. But again, there's this whole culture that says that sexuality for women is bad they should remain virgins and not have many sex partners where guys hey go for it do all you can
0: it's so incredible too i think that's even tied up in religion as well oh yes just trying to just like social control and i don't there's a lot
1: to it well it's one of the reasons why uh, my handle is at the sex chaplain oh uh, yeah, yeah because one i i'm a chaplain uh and two you can be spiritual without having to agree with a lot of the tenets where people will put down women or put down uh, gay people or trans people uh, or put down sex workers. Yeah. I think that it's very possible to combine both of those things. Yeah. Uh, people are like, well, you can't be spiritual. You can't be a chaplet if you believe in sex work. But I'm like, Nope, you can. Yeah. It's just that it's... <laughs> You have to find your own way. You're not going to be able to excuse me to rely on dogmatic principles that you may have been that yeah. you may have grown up with. And of course, some religions are a lot more lax about things than than others. Yeah. And some religions have started accepting uh, LGBT people, and uh, even to some extent, sex workers. Although, again, that's kind of a work in progress for most yeah. uh, religions. I, th- I think that one is a harder hurdle. For uh, for them,
0: yeah, I know that uh, trans sex workers have mm-hmm. the highest rate of violence against them.
1: They do, and in fact, we uh, at Swap are always concerned uh, for them, especially at the Super Bowl. You know, there was so much hype about the Super Bowl is the worst trafficking event of the year. Yeah. It's not. That's been debunked many times by many reports, but still. The uh, traffic anti-trafficking organizations hype it up. It's a way for them to get donations. To be a little cynical about it, that makes sense. it's uh, and it's from a flawed study that didn't even mention the Super Bowl. It was, I think, talking about soccer games and things really? like that. But in any case, it's not. <laughs> and uh, there are many arrests made around the Super Bowl of people who aren't trafficked, who are just doing their normal routine. And, of course, some of them can't stop that routine because they need that money, again, to live on. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, there are some who will just stop during that weekend and say, okay, you know, I'm just going to try to lay low while law enforcement is out there in droves. Yeah. But there's some who can't. And, of course, with trans individuals, even if they're not sex workers, there's this whole uh, stopped for being trans, because yeah. people assume that if you're a trans person or if you're with a trans person, that it's because of a sex act or a sex worker thing, oh, that, okay. that it's not because you're a couple. There are several trans men and women who go out with their marriage certificates on hand and say, no, I'm married to him or her, yeah. you know, or them. This is, you know, this is who I am. Don't arrest me for something you think I'm doing.
0: That's incredible.
1: But yeah, because also trans individuals have a more difficult time being accepted, I think America has come a long way with a lot of things. Uh, I mean, there's still biphobia and lesbian phobia and gay phobia, all the homophobia, but transphobia seems to be one that uh, people are not... Uh, giving any leeway on them. I know you probably heard about in North Carolina, they had the bathroom bill oh, to yeah, protect, yeah, which was mocked in other, country, in other countries and in other states uh, about trying to prevent trans women from using the female, fa- <laughs> female facilities. And it's like, what do you think they're going to do in there? It's just, <laughs> everyone's going in there to do the same thing. That's not shit, really, right. <laughs> it's, it's not Protecting youth or protecting anyone because yeah. uh, no one is in there. If somebody's in there to do something wrong, they're going to do something wrong, whether or not they're trans or not. Hundred uh, percent. So it's just uh, frustrating. But yeah, as you said, your gender doesn't right in correlation to how you're going to treat somebody. Trans sex workers, sex workers in general have a tough time, but trans sex workers in specific. Are definitely targeted, especially by uh, law enforcement, and I think by society at large. So uh, we helped with a bail fund uh, with the Woodhull Foundation okay. uh, during the Super Bowl to bail out anyone with a, but with a focus on uh, people of color and trans men and women of color uh, to make sure they had bail. To get out right away, because oh, nice. you know if you can't make bail, then you're just stuck in there <laughs> until yeah. you're uh, you go in front of the judge, uh, and that's a dangerous place because usually if you're trans woman, they still put you in the male prison yeah. unless you've uh, probably had the top and bottom surgery. Um, then you're then you're just going. But so it can be a dangerous place. So we wanted to make sure that people were bailed out as soon as they could be. Uh, So we were able to help uh, many people who were caught up in strings, stings or raids, that sort of thing during the Super Bowl. Um, And we try to, of course, watch out anytime, but especially when there's such a focused presence of anti-trafficking, misinformation and uh, law enforcement. Okay, cool.
0: Is there any kind of events that you guys put on throughout the year, or is there?
1: The events are usually local, so you know you can find a lot of them at some of the bigger cities. But uh, any city that has a swap usually has sometimes local meetings. uh, Sometimes they're for advocacy for sex worker rights. Sometimes they're just for networking to, you know, hey, let's have a wine and dine party kind of thing. Um, There are a few uh, nationwide meetings that swap is a part of, I don't think we host them necessarily, but we try to go to them that are about uh sexuality, sexual issues, and sex work issues. Okay. Um but yeah for the most part it it's on the chapters and what they feel like their area needs yeah. in terms of activities. Do you know if these would be
0: closed off strictly to sex workers?
1: A lot of them are. Okay. Because that makes sense. We don't want people uh, trolling, yeah, you know, can, you or can, yeah. or also uh, picketing, you know. We it's meant to be a safe space for sex workers. Now, I'm sure there are some events that are that are like forums that are open to people who just want to talk about and debate about sex work and decriminalization, that sort of thing. But when it comes to networking stuff, it's usually sex worker only, so okay, that sweet. you know a lot of. Clients won't come there and make it unsafe.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking that. Like If you just have a meeting, it's all sex workers, then you got like three clients just hanging out. Right. Yeah, We just wanted to see y'all. Yeah. That would just be uncomfortable for everybody.
1: It would be. So, yeah, a lot of those are closed.
0: Okay, sweet. Yeah, because I saw – I think they're supposed to be – because I'm in Atlanta now. Mm -hmm. I think they're supposed to be some kind of march or something in March, but I'm not – I need to find out. I need to check and see what. Well, doing. it's appropriate
1: to have a march in March. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we do try to uh, join in on things like uh, you mentioned before we started the podcast. The International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers, and it's something that we really believe in. We were one of the uh, groups that uh, was quickly adopting that because. We want to bring it to people's attention that yeah. sex workers, because people see them as dehumanized, as less than human, uh, are abused a lot more and are in abusive relationships a lot more simply because it's uh, people, like I said, stigmatized, dehumanize, And then when you can't go to the law for it, it just keeps happening. Yeah. Uh, so... It's one of the things we want to have end. And again, the best way around that is decriminalizing sex work so that a provider doesn't get in trouble by going to uh, the police or a judge to uh, set things right or to make people aware that this person's abusing sex workers or whatever they're doing.
0: So I see a lot of people like I know you've mentioned decriminalization Mm -hmm. a few times Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of marijuana. You know where you have like people are like, oh, we want legalization. You know, Mm -hmm. legalization is the path forward. And how would you explain to somebody who's like, well, why? Why like I know everyone says decriminalization. Why would you just want legalization? You know. Well,
1: there are definitely others who have uh, a lot more research on this than than I do. Uh, But uh, my take is that legalization would kind of codify things for the government. So the government would be in charge of things. But the problem there is the government still has biases. So again, you could have biases against, uh, black sex workers or against trans sex workers. Uh, you could have biases against, uh, People who do full service, as opposed to people who uh, dance massage, in a club, yeah. or yeah, or erotic massage, that sort of thing. So, decriminalization keeps the power in sex worker hands without uh, the fear of being arrested okay. uh, for simply, again, doing a job that. Uh, you know, to support themselves and their families.
0: Because the government, they'll put regulations on things that they don't fully understand. Right, and that's the concern. Thinking that they know the best best path forward.
1: That's the concern because as we've seen in many times in history, both in U.S. and world history, people tend to, as you said, uh, think about things without asking and and enact things, without asking the people who they're being affected, without asking black people about... What civil rights, yeah. you know, about asking, not asking sex workers about what kind of rights. It, the sad part is that's where kind of a lot of the the conservative or religious base also interacts with the, uh, what they call the radical feminist base. Okay. Uh, so there's such a thing called a sex worker eradicating radical feminist called SWERF. Really? Although I'm sure uh, right, people who that. believe in that don't want to be called that but uh s-w-e-r-f and it's basically radical feminists of a certain branch who believe that any sex work is taking advantage of a woman no matter if the woman says that she wants to they don't talk about men sex workers they're like men figure it out for yourselves uh but that any woman sex worker uh is being manipulated into Sex work, And they want to put a stop to it, just carte blanche, just no more sex work, which is ironic because most of them also feel like uh, a woman's body is her choice and are very pro-choice for abortion rights and reproductive rights. But for some reason, when it comes to sex work, it's like, no, you can't have control of your body. No matter how many sex workers say, I do this on my own. There's not a guy that collects money from me. I'm on online presence, I work for myself offline, whatever, no matter how many people give input, they still say, nope, it's all trafficking to some extent. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I mean, if we had a different economy, I'm sure there are many people who would say, no, I don't want to do sex work. I'd rather do something else. But if you're poor, if you are not able to get an education, if you're uh, blackballed for uh, being uh, a felon there are very limited places that you can go to and make the same kind of money Yeah. Um, because let's face it there are perils in anything your perils are working at again Walmart or Target yeah. I mean people berate, people sexually assault and harass uh, you co-workers or uh, bosses or you know uh, customers so it's It's easy to say, let's just get rid of sex work. But again, you're not listening to sex workers. And it just surprised me that there were radical feminists that were like that. Because before I started working with SWAP, I just assumed feminists would be on board, the whole your body, your choice kind of thing. Now I could see them being against pimps and against sex traffickers. But so are all of the
0: uh, sex
1: worker organizations and sex workers that I've talked to. Yeah. Every one of them will be the first to say, we don't want people having sex against their will and we will do what we can to fight against it. But right now there's a huge conflation of sex trafficking and sex work in general that is really endangering regular sex workers and not doing a heck of a lot for people who are being sex trafficked. I mean, because
0: it's, it's easy to put a label on something like, okay, we're going to stop human trafficking. Because, I mean, buzzwords, buzzwords right. really help, you know. So human trafficking, people are like, oh my, we human trafficking, we got to stop
1: this thing. Well, yeah, and especially when you say sex trafficking, yeah, so, yeah. people focus on that a lot more than labor trafficking. Although, personally, I think labor trafficking happens more often. I mean, I know I grew up here in the South, and there were uh, migrants who would come work the tobacco and cotton fields every uh, spring and summer uh that I'm sure were mistreated by and definitely not paid as well yeah. uh, by the people who were employing them uh but we don't talk about that as much because sex is such a taboo yeah. subject and again that thought that women should be virginal and pure and you know the 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 kind of uh dichotomy of the uh whore, angel, you know, the pure and yeah. the the impure. So when it comes down uh to it, it's easy to say, yes, let's all be against sex trafficking. Yeah. Uh because if you try to speak up, what are you saying? You're saying, oh, you're against you know you're against uh, us who are trying to stop sex trafficking. You want people to be sex trafficked? And it's like no, yeah. that's not what we want. Yeah. We're saying that there are differences between what you're talking about and what we're talking about, yep. and we'd like that not to be conflated.
0: Because it's just yeah, it's all it's all talking points and that, like it's yeah.
1: yeah. And there is a lot of research out there that people like Kate D'Adamo, um Lorelai Lee. Uh, Supreme Bay, uh, Maya Morena, uh, Jesse Sage, many others have done to talk about and try to give actual data points and studies. Melissa yeah. Gira Grant, uh, all of these people have done studies that show that SESTA-FOSTA is um, a horrible thing that was enacted that uh, there are ways to keep sex workers safe and that if you truly value the safety of the people you're confessing you're professing to save then you will listen to those people yeah. <laughs> instead of just doing something on their behalf whenever you say you're speaking for somebody it's always a warning sign it's because condescending. Yeah, yeah it's condescending and infantilizing to say you can't make your own choices we're going to make them for you yeah
0: would you would, is there anything like if say someone out there is needs help or something? Would you tell? Would you suggest swap for them to contact swap? Well, if it's
1: involved with sex work, yeah, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're aligned, only focused on sex worker and sex worker needs. So, you know, if there is something going on, even if it's something that doesn't have to do with sex work that you want to talk about because again I've talked with several and again our, our, as, a, as have our volunteers about sex workers who are dealing with domestic violence relationships okay. or sexual assaults but they don't really want to call a domestic violence hotline or sexual assault hotline because they're afraid they're going to be judged Yeah, I think a lot of uh, those hotlines are are good and probably wouldn't judge them but you never know yeah. uh, whereas with us we're always going to be non-judgmental we don't work with law enforcement we're not we are always confidential we do not tell people about uh what's going on uh unless you want us to unless you want us to try to reach out to different organizations in your area that may be able to help yeah uh but so it doesn't have to be sex work related while you're calling but uh you but sex workers are always willing to and welcome to call the lines 24-7. We have volunteers on the east and west coast and in between. Awesome. So that, you know, even if you call it 3 in the morning Eastern Standard Time, uh, someone's up on the other end on California time at awesome. midnight and we'll answer your call. And again, uh, we try to keep that 24-7. Sweet. And what's that number? If- oh, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I, I wanted to let you know that number uh, because... Obviously, uh, you can look it up on swap-usa.org, but it's also a toll-free number, 877-776-2004. So that's 877-776-2004. Awesome. I appreciate it. Alan, I really appreciate you coming on the
0: podcast. What's your Twitter handle? Well, sure.
1: It's at the sex chaplain. The sex chaplain. T-H-E-S-E-X-C-H-A-P-L-A-I-N. Heck yeah. And, uh, yeah, people are always welcome to follow. I uh, try to support and retweet anything that's going on about... uh, Positive things in sex work or people who are needing help, uh, like the dancer who fell, um, and uh, anything else that's sex positive or sex work positive.
0: Heck yeah. Awesome. Alan, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Well, thank
1: you. And I hope people uh, listen to your podcast, subscribe, and also come out to see you when you perform your comedy. Heck yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. I appreciate it, listeners. We will be back. Later. That was my interview with Alan Ham. Yo, Alan, shout out. I appreciate you coming to the podcast. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Listeners, that has been episode 24. Episode 24 is in the books. If you have not yet, uh, give Alan a follow on the old Twitter. He is at TheSexChaplain. Swap is also on Twitter. Give them a follow as well. Their Twitter is at SwapUSA. Their website, swapusa.org. The community support line, the phone number is 877 776 2004. So, um, yeah, give them a call if you need them. Uh, but no, that has been episode 24. I appreciate y'all listening. I got another interview next week. My, uh, my guest is Haley Muse. She is a Raleigh based escort, originally from Canada. Uh, I did. I interviewed her actually the day by uh, day before I interviewed Alan. She's actually the first person I ever interviewed for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so I launched in like October of 2019. The first interview I ever did was in July, um, and that was with Haley. And I for sure know for a fact that if we would not have done that interview in July, this podcast would not be a thing. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm super appreciative to her. And I'm excited for y'all to hear this interview. It's not the first one we did. That one, <laughs> that one's in the vault. Nobody gets to hear that unless uh, maybe we might uh, auction it off. Maybe a couple of G's, you might get to hear the interview. We will see. But uh, <laughs> at this point, no. But this is the interview I did a couple of weeks ago. I'm super excited for y'all to hear it. I got some uh, comedy coming your way. I will be in a Mazda Decatur this Sunday, the 15th at 7 p.m. And I'll be at Laughing Skull on the 30th of march try to fill that month in we will see what happens if you like the podcast if you enjoy the podcast fucking subscribe like if you could write a review that'd be fucking amazing that'd be beautiful that would i'll give you a hug we'll make it something special um but no i uh, <laughs> tell somebody about it tell somebody you don't like about the podcast tell them hey uh, i got this podcast i know you're not gonna like it hit them with that full service that'd be uh that'd be great if you can do that <laughs> No, this is episode 24. I appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, Fucking, we will be back next week, next Tuesday, every Tuesday until the end of time. Hope y'all have a good week. Thanks.
1: Full service.